Wake me up inside. Can't wake up. Wake me up inside. Crawling in my skin. <laughs> These roads, they will heal. <laughs> wake up. What's it with all the new makeup? Makeup. Why'd you put the keys upon the table? Every morning there's a halo <laughs> oh, from the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed. I can't imagine that there was a party that has ever existed on Earth that, that, had, that could not be killed. By uh, Sugar Ray. <laughs> I think he's something like 25th level, so yeah, he's hard. All right. Wait, do you mean the song or the band itself? Or, or that guy? In Mark, Shut up! Mark, Let's talk about the Graf? episode. Sure. The, the boxer. <laughs> yeah. Shut up! Hey there, this is the F Plus Terrible Things Red with Enthusiasm. My name's Lemon. I'm Boots Rain Gear. Hey, Boots, how you doing tonight? Oh, just fine, fine. I've been been thinking about how much I love Amy Lee. Uh, I'm not familiar with that name, actually. Uh, you know Evanescence? I no, not really. I mean, I know that they were like a like a new metal kind of band. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Evanescence. Their lead singer is Amy Lee. Sure. Um, and I am a big fan of Amy Lee, who is not the lead singer of Evanescence, but also the person who writes all the Evanescence songs. Wow, that was a sentence. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, you're confused? I'm very confused, yeah. <laughs> well, buckle in. There's more <laughs> of that coming. Okay, the Amy Lee that we were interested in. Also, she's responsible for everything that's ever been created in uh, pop music and television culture. Well, uh, that sounds like a crazy person, so therefore, readers assemble! In the room tonight, we have John. The inspiration to write the song Va Va Voom came from the Vidal Sassoon 1980s advertisement. Buddy Brad. So I was hanging around with Michael Hutchins, Michael Jackson, and uh, some other Michael, and then we invented John, the guy who just spoke. Hey, <laughs> Nutshell Gulag. I would also name the search engine Yahoo for Jonathan Swift's use of the word for a redhead in Gulliver's Travels. Boots Ring Gear. I gave Dave Navarro his name. Dave for David Lee Roth. And Navarro, due to its Spanish origin. Right. Okay. It's dog. <laughs> Michael Stipe loves to read Albert Camus. Albert Camus is the author of The Myth of Sisyphus. It was Kurt Cobain who told Michael Stipe about the cartoon episode titled Wild E. Sisyphus. <laughs> Jimmy Franks. I invented the TV show Knight Rider and a bunch of other shit. <laughs> and Lemon. The first song I wrote for the Irish band The Cranberries was the song Zombie, inspired on working for Sahan songs for Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Today we're going to be uh, on a site uh, called Michael Hutchins and Me. Um, Yay! It's a it's a woman who's responsible for a lot of different music, uh, but most sort of famously, she's responsible for Michael Hutchins. Uh, in her mind, Jimmy Franks, you want to start us out here and tell us about yourself? Certainly. I'm Amy Lee, songwriter and founder of Evanescence. <laughs> All right. But before I tell Please. you about myself, I'd like to quote the the hit Broadway show Rock of Ages. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Uh, keep it rolling. <laughs> and, to have your, and to have your corpse exploited 20 years later by shitty Broadway musicians. The end. The story of how I was discovered and what happened over 25 years is not easy for me to tell. Just like life, it is full of twists, turns, and even ambiguity. It is your choice to believe it or not. I am not trying to convince you one way or the other only putting what happened to me into words other than what I already put into the songs. Okay. At the age of 15, on May 15, 1983, at Boutwell Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama, I was discovered by Def Leppard's lead singer, Joe Elliott. Unknown to me at the time, Joe spotted me in the audience near the stage, followed me and my friends home from the concert, and watched me being dropped off at my front door. Could we just listen to your Ooh. songs instead? I'm just kind of getting interesting. Yeah, this That's... is a promising rags to riches story. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that girl. The next day after I returned home from school, the doorbell rang. I opened the door to find a young man with bright blue eyes and shoulder-length brown hair pointing to a van sitting at the top of my driveway. He never told me his <laughs> oh real boy. name, but was with him as he chose his stage name of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It just keeps getting better. Right. So so you met Kurt Cobain at a Def Leppard concert. I don't see any problem with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was totally like, you smell like teen spirit. <laughs> are, are we sure well, this isn't on fanfic.net or something? I'm. I'm confused. <laughs> out of the van stepped the lead singer in full stage costume. After I found out the lead singer's okay. name, he asked me if I wanted to be a singer. To his astonishment, sure. I said no. 
and that I had no desire to be famous. Uh, we did story. We did start writing <laughs> "Pour Some Sugar on Me" together, right, and how my career as a songwriter started. <laughs> it wasn't long after that Joe himself started spreading rumors, which hit the public of his girlfriend being a redhead. Oh, what salacious rumors! Is it true, sir? Your <laughs> girlfriend has hair. I can neither confirm nor deny the redness of her hair. Thank you. <laughs> it was also during this time that Joe made up a girlfriend by the name of Denise Dakin, which Joe and his road crew said I was her. Oh, was oh this, of course. Was I wasn't how, dating somebody named Amy Lee. I was dating someone named Denise Dakin. <laughs> was this how Two Yasasopo started? Like, this is his first made-up girlfriend. Oh, okay. Never mind, boys. <laughs> we hit a dead end here. It was during this time that I met Rick Allen, Def Leppard's drummer, and the 16-year-old girl he convinced to be his girlfriend. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I told her Joe had tried to convince me to be his girlfriend to get me to have sex with him, too, but I wasn't that gullible. The girl was the daughter of a man who managed the Birmingham Jefferson County Civic Center by the name of Rosemary Goodmore, though they gave her the nickname of Beth for the Kiss song. Yes, for that well-known Kiss Death Leopard uh, collaboration. Oh, good. Are you? Hey, are you going to cause uh, that car crash? This is directly pulled from some man's coma dream, isn't Michael, it? Michael uh, Hutchins and I met a couple of weeks later, and in October of 83, we read a review of a chorus line by Frank Rich of the New York Times. It originally went to press on October 1st, 1983, the say day my grandmother lost her battle with leukemia. The article became an inspiration for me to write the song Like a Virgin, performed by Madonna, <laughs> New Sensation, performed by NXS, and to name a band Evanescence. <laughs> if, if, you, like, if you play, you know, like Like a Virgin and New Sensation back-to-back, like it's hard to tell where one begins mm-hmm. and the other ends. Yeah. yeah, I can see how that one thing made... Well, yes. yeah, she, I mean, obviously, this article... Uh, has all those words highlighted. You got me feeling like a virgin, like <laughs> yeah, a virgin. And all the Evanescence songs, so there you go. <laughs> we asked someone to look up the definition of the word Evanescence, process of vanishing or fading away, disappear. I drew a connection to the lyrics Steph Leopard borrowed from Neil Young for Rock of Ages, see lyrics at top of page, and decided this would be the name of a band that I started writing songs which they would perform. The definition of the word also inspired me to write the song Disappear, performed by NXS. Let's line up, too. (laughs) Due to Kurt Cobain being on the road crew when Joe Elliott discovered me, he would also use It's Better to Burn Out Than to Fade Away from the lyrics Def Leppard's Rock of Ages, which they borrowed from a Neil Young song for his fake suicide note in 1994 and addressed to me. Kurt Cobain gave me a rose. I said it has a thorn. He said every rose has a thorn. So she say that in somewhere in there that Kurt Cobain faked his suicide? Okay, just check. Wait a minute, that part of the story is implausible. <laughs> <laughs> At first I was skeptical, now I'm not so sure. <laughs> Michael Hutchins only used my real name once in public and it was the lyrics of the song Reckless Ways recorded by NXS. Not quite a year after meeting and starting to work with Michael Jackson on songs, MJ decided to public visit, publicly visit my hometown of Trustville, which made the local news in 1984. No, I am not the lead singer of Evanescence who uses my name as her stage name. Oh, there's a twist. Holy shit! Um, Hope you enjoy and feel free to leave comments. Love, Amy Lee. Yes, it is my real name. Um... <laughs> oh, man. I invented Evanescence. I am the singer and songwriter and founder of Evanescence. By the way, I'm not the <laughs> singer and songwriter of Evanescence. Why are you confused? <laughs> well, I mean, I it makes know. sense that Evanes- that Amy-, the Amy Lee and Evanescence stole her stage name because, I mean, who could come up with the name e- Amy Lee? I mean, there's no, there couldn't be two people named those names at the same time somehow. Pretty good. Yeah. Had to be theft. Hey, uh, has anyone else been having problems with angels? Yeah, no, no, they're, they're the worst. Yeah, I've been feathers problems. everywhere. I'm glad somebody else said it because I wanted to bitch about this. <laughs> I can never figure out how to. I can never figure out how to talk to one. So yeah, it's a controversial subject. Stog, how do I destroy angels? How do you destroy angels? Well, let me tell you. Good. The town of St. Elmo, Alabama, derives its name from the 1866 novel, the same name, authored by Augusta Evans Wilson, aka Augusta Jane Evans. Someone who, bro- also wrote the, who also wrote the theme song to St. Elmo's Fire. Right. <laughs> Someone brought in the novel for me to read, which I read out loud to Tom, Tom Cruise and Kurt Cobain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're hanging out together, obviously. <laughs> for 17 hours while I read this out loud to him. I had no idea that Kurt Cobain was such a star fucker. <laughs> Did, I think Tom Cruise um, bequeathed the secret of plaid to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> it's a little known fact yeah, that Risky Business him. was the inspiration for incesticide. 
It was the mention of Lookout Mountain in the book and the fairy and gnome gardens there created by John Garnett Carter and his wife, Sea Rock City Gardens, that inspired Tom Cruise to come up with ideas for the 1985 film Legend, while at the same time I worked on songs. Yeah, because that was all Tom Cruise. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote Legend, right? Like, he wrote yeah, and directed yeah, it and starred really in it. Yeah, it or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he played all the roles all the in makeup. there, too. Yeah. I think it was his life story, wasn't it? It was. A he played the unicorn. Thing. I know that. Well, this lady played uh, Doctor Feelgood, and she, uh, Tom Cruise got the idea for the legend from that first. Oh, anyway, there's a really awesome surprise twist in the next paragraph. <laughs> the book Saint Elmo would inspire me to write the theme song for the 1985 film Saint <laughs> Elmo's Fire. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boots. You are Amy Lee, aren't you? John Parr would record the song Saint Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion. I would also write the song Is Your Love Strong Enough with which Tom Cruise would choose the chose for the soundtrack of the Ridley Scott film Legend. The song would be recorded by Brian Ferry of Roxy Music and was released with the Tangerine Dream version of the soundtrack on CD. I also, I also like she does, she doesn't she also doesn't know that that when she wrote the song the theme song to St. Elmo's Fire right. she really originally wrote it for a man in a wheelchair who was doing a, a, a trip around North America, but anyway, <laughs> this is the weird. She doesn't know. This that. is the weirdest episode of Behind the Music I've ever seen. <laughs> Ferry would also record the song I wrote, "Slave to Love," which would be featured on the soundtrack to Nine and a Half Weeks, which, with which Kurt Cobain and I worked on film ideas for the film together. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 I would later write the song "I'm a Slave for You," recorded by the artist we named Britney Spears. Oh we named we named Britney Spears when she was born. We we decided, hey, you know, it'd be an awesome name. We saw her in that pet shop window, and her cute little face just said Britney Spears. <laughs> Not the actual Rise. Britney Spears. Actually, they wanted to name her Amy Lee, but then I said, no. Wait Rise, a young here. blonde woman, and be dubbed Britney Spears. <laughs> These songs, which were written many years before release, would also inspire the band names Alice in Chains and Audio Slave. <laughs> of course they would. Anyway. Any, anything that really? has a slight slave yeah. kind of connotation to it is, is, yeah. is all comes from yeah, I, Nobody ever thought of slaves. I get before, Audio Slave, but Chains. Alice in Chains is like, well, it's kind of, you know. Safe. Well, she's talking about Trent, Trent Reznor. Maybe she'll get to happiness is in slavery or something, yeah. In slavery, there you go, yeah. Hey, wait a second. Hey, what? stop stop stealing my shtick. That's my shtick you're stealing. <laughs> Since I Amy Lee invented shtick. <laughs> Since I worked with Trent Reznor over the years and helped to come up with the stage name of Mary Queen Mandig. <laughs> what a terrible stage name that is. That's, wow. That's a really good name. That's horrible. I've, I've never heard that before. Page not found. Yeah. Trent would choose the song Is Your Love Strong Enough to be covered by How to Destroy Angels for the soundtrack to the 2011 U.S. version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The name of Mary Queen came from me using the name of Mary in the song Lose Control, recorded by Evanescence, and Kurt Cobain would chose the name oh. for the pseudonym of his aunt. The name of Queen came from my writing songs for the band Queen and the Queen right. of England being right. in my life. What's... <laughs> Of course, that makes all, all the sense now. <laughs> the Queen of England being in my life. How are we? <laughs> she would hey. pop in and out, see how we're doing. And how are you doing, dear? How's my favorite Amy oh, Lee? Uh, okay, so, yeah, so uh, Amy Lee responsible for many, what? Many songs, as you can actually see in the links on the top of Everything. this page. Um, uh, Every- she is also responsible for 8675309. <laughs> and uh, Narls Barkley's crazy, or I think actually yeah, just yeah. Narls Barkley as a whole. She's a one-woman bu- brill building. She's just a hit machine. Narls Barkley yeah. came up yeah. with the idea for crazy by just looking at me. Then he started writing. <laughs> I like that her her repertoire is so uh, is so vast and so deep that <laughs> she can reference it by free association. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, let's see. I guess. I guess we'll just go with what. Uh, what song we like better? Um, uh, Bunny bread. Yes. Uh, which song? Which song would you prefer to talk about? 
<laughs> Lucky Star uh, by Madonna. Yes. Or Gangnam Style by Psy. Oh, God. <laughs> don't. This is Sophie's Choice now. Oh, let's see. <laughs> oh, God. One side of my family will hate me if I choose one. Oh, um, I believe Gangnam Style is more recent and will be forgotten in the next three months. So, yeah, let's go with that. All right. All right. Uh, well, as it happens, uh, Amy Lee is also responsible for Gangnam Style. Oh, I know no. It's- <laughs> That's shocking. Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, would you tell us about that, please? <sighs> I would love to. I'll, I'll, I like that all of these stories seem to start from Alabama, the musical <laughs> epicenter of the universe. Yes. <laughs> they invented sound. Well, Amy Lee did, but, you know, Alabama took credit. <laughs> Someday I'm going to leave this jerky-ass town. I'm going to move to Alabama and become a music star. <laughs> Alabama would be awarded the contract for the new Hyundai plant, which opened in 2005. Oh, going to tie it together. Good. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Hyundai is headquartered in Seoul, <laughs> South Korea. Sure. It was at this time I was asked to make up a song about Gangnam Style. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so a car plant opened up, and a man walked out to my house and said, Hey, you American lady, would you like to make a song about horse? And you know, all the kids are talking about Gangnam Style, but there's not a song hey, for it for some American reason. Songwriting lady. <laughs> and inspired by the Gangnam District of Seoul, South Korea. So, you know, it's all things to all people. The yeah. song was very much inspired by sense of humor and writing songs <laughs> for Ricky Martin. Sure. <laughs> right, said Fred. I'm too sexy, LMFAO. Sexy and I know it. Etc. So, wait. <laughs> right, said Fred are also LMFAO or just... Well those, are, well, those are the two things that every songwriter cites for their inspirations. <laughs> the, the universal sense of humor and writing songs for Ricky Martin. Yeah. It was also during this time that I met with Tom Hanks and writers discussing ideas for a new book to film he would star in titled The Da Vinci Code. Are you responsible for Bosom Buddies? Uh, <laughs> yes. Probably if is. you keep reading. It had been many years before that. It had been many years before that I met with Dodi Fayette and Australian Brian Brown to work on ideas for the film FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion. Why would you even pr- bother trying to tie that in? <laughs> but if you really want a name dropping, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, the, the huge hit. <laughs> the sequel to the film that nobody saw. Which was inspired hey, by my life. it had a robot clown that drove a plane called Bluey. I stand corrected, which was inspired by my love of the work of Michelangelo Buonarotti, who painted the Sistine Chapel located in Vatican City. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. that Michelangelo. Well, Yeah, that's the one. Not the Ninja Turtle that she also inspired later, if you keep reading. It was also during this time I told Hanks, before my friends gave me the nickname of Tommy, they called me the Redhead Mona Lisa. That Anybody else got to guess at what that sentence really was supposed to mean? Okay, so now her name oh. is Tommy Lee. She, yeah, and, the, and then, then some other guy stole that name. Yeah, Julia. Well, that's because that's because uh, one of the guys uh, saw her giant penis. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was at this time when I was done fucking Pamela Anderson. <laughs> oh, I love you, baby. You're so good. <laughs> Julia Roberts overheard the conversation and decided to have the film Mona Lisa Smile, 2003, oh, developed. Sure. <laughs> Bitch. Yes, yes, she is. Just, I just picture like Julia Roberts like peeking behind a corner and then listening to her. It's like I got it. I should oh start a mediocre God. romantic comedy that has little to do I with this phrase. And then I said, "Hey, Miss, that wasn't very congenial." And then she said to me, "Wait a minute, I'm not Sandra Bullock." <laughs> and then she replied with no diggity. And then there's some other guys. <laughs> <laughs> F plus singularity. <laughs> I was asked to give the stage name of the artist who would record the song, and I remembered Tom Hanks mentioning he wanted to use the Fibonacci code. The yeah. symbol or trident of psi or psi is used in mathematics. Oh. The reciprocal Fibonacci constant. Oh my god. You're yep. just blowing my mind over and over again. You're welcome. Six, so six degrees of fucking nuts here. <laughs> <laughs> Ideas at this time were also tossed around for the book to film I Named Angels and Demons. The book would be inspired by my work with Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, 
founders of Apple Computers, and Bill Gates, who were working with Tim Berners, who would adopt the name Lee. Inventor of what I... <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? I'm not. I'm, I'm gasping. Hang on here. I didn't even know how amazing I was up until now. Inventor of the what I named the World Wide Web at CERN. <laughs> Well, CERN. What CERN. did you name okay. it? You named the World Wide Web at CERN? I, I named the World Wide Web at CERN. And then okay. they decided just to drop the last part and they said, uh, it's neater, it's cleaner. In 1984, scientists at CERN believe they found the God Particle, also known as the T-Top Quark. The idea for the Illuminati and the Covenant was inspired by the two secret societies inside the Mormon Church. Yeah, okay. there's nothing about the Catholics yeah. in there anywhere. No, it was all, yeah, you, you read the wrong version. The full 1895 news article about the Mormon Church and the Illuminati can be found here on Google News. Blah, 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 Illuminati, Illuminati, Mormons. Okay, good. Well, I, thanks I, so much for that song. I mean, that I was love, really I love the adventure we take on every <laughs> it single is. paragraph that this one is writing. It's... You know, the, the tags at the bottom are great because I'm wondering how many of them get reused. I mean, is there more tags for Dodi Fayed or, you know, the God Particle? If we click on these, will we find new new realms of of beauty? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's, let's see where Julia Stiles takes us. <laughs> okay. Oh, just the one post. This is um, the most aw. This is the most elaborate attempt for some of someone to cheat the unemployment office out of welfare money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of spending all this time, you probably could be looking for a job. <laughs> uh, John? Yes? I have a, a similar choice for you. Okay, um, okay. A choice Lay you, it on you me. have to make. Lay it the on same me. choice that every man has to make <laughs> in his life. At my bar, bar mitzvah, I was probably asked the same question, so go ahead. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you become a... Ridiculous. Um, uh, Britney Spears or Jeff Dunham? Oh God, this is a hard choice. Uh, I got to go with I got to go with Jeff Dunham. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, good because Amy Lee is responsible not only for Jeff Dunham but also for Peanut. Oh, oh. <laughs> I assume Peanut was his own kind of thing. All right. Yeah. No, they were originally you know they originally worked as singles. Yeah. And you know they said, hey, you know what, we could team up and really do something here. Man. Right. Yep. <laughs> One of her nicknames was Jeff Dunham. That's how he got the idea for the name. <laughs> the day I met the comedian and ventriloquist who goes by the stage name Jeff Dunham, Ricky Martin had shown up with his head almost completely shaved, except for a little tufted of hair at the crown sticking up. Okay. Ricky was sitting on the edge of the bed in front of me, and I was playing with this tuft of hair while talking to the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this Ricky when... Martin, what you thinking of? Is she a koala was... bear or something? I mean... I... Why is she just... All right. This was the exact moment Ricky Martin realized he was then gay. Then I, <laughs> I gave him the idea of moving the puppet's mouth. <laughs> Using the, yes. Now you're thinking Now you're thinking with Amy. All right. Half I the gave time him the we idea were, of not moving his own mouth, but he rejected that. I'm saying this too serious. Half the time we were joking around, but I also mm. told him about nicknaming Trent Reznor Peanut. Trent would usually would usually would stand across the room and I started calling this area of the room the peanut gallery inspired by the Muppets and Trent's unsolicited commentary at times. So the Muppets were there as well then. All of them? Was it just those two old guys who went <laughs> They hung yeah. out with Trent Reznor for that Waldorf Waldorf? Her head right, at all you. times. Jeff asked me my favorite colors, and I told him purple and green. Purple is, of course, one of the reason I wrote the song Purple Rain for Prince. <laughs> of course you did. And the unofficial Wait, sequel, uh, Green Shit. I'm sorry, you wrote the song Purple Rain because the color purple exists? Yes. yes. Mm. Yeah, okay. purple is one of the reasons. I love this okay, color. Uh, it needs a song. If purple didn't exist, there wouldn't be the song Purple Rain, would there? Objectively true. It would Prince just be rain. Prince himself might have some difficulties where the color purple did not well, exist. Well, yeah. So that is, uh, that is is honestly one of the reasons that song was written. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also talked about my... We also talked about my favorite Muppet being Animal, which also inspired me to write the song Animal for Def Leppard. Oh, mm -hmm. I see. Okay. So if that Muppet didn't exist, then Def Leppard wouldn't have much of a hit there. Okay, good. Dun, 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 dun. It's time to portion He also wanted me. to know one of my family names, and I told him... <laughs> he also wanted to know one of my family names, and I told him of my great-grandfather's surname of Denham. 
He then changed it to Dunham for part of his stage name. Oh, Lord. Sure, okay. <laughs> I'm going to just look this up on Wikipedia. I'm not denying, I'm not doubting you. I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia. Look, Wikipedia is full of bullshit made by people who just have nothing to do with their lives, okay? so We need to change all the Stick entries the to, to reflect the truth of this. <laughs> Amy Leepedia. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> The reason the comedian claims to have been inspired to come up with his character Peanut on a cruise ship is due to the 1983, two, 1983 cruise I took on Carnival Cruise Line, which would also inspire ideas while we worked on the script for the 1997 film Titanic. I got a great idea for the movie. The movie <laughs> should be on a boat! This, this, this is a this woman is that you... This is hard for me to you... believe because, I, because I, I'm very committed to the story of Jeff Dunham discovering, coming up with the character of Peanut on a cruise ship. This is a woman that you would never want to be stuck on a cruise ship with because, you know, she'd be right next to you in the buffet line telling you all this stuff and just never stopping. You know, it all sounds really impressive, but all this really says is it takes her forever to actually get shit done. Like, it took her 14 years to make Titanic actually happen. Well, she was not writing impressed. a lot of other songs in that time. Yeah. 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 She's a bit of a multitasker, this one. At the time of my cruise in at the time of my cruise in 1983, Carnival only had four ships in operation, and I was on the Mardi Gras. The first mate or first officer was Marco Nogara, who would later become a ship's captain. It was Michael Jackson who promised Marco would be moved to the Disney Cruise Line, which took place only in the last couple of years. Now, guys, okay. guys, you might yeah. you might have been downing it at this point, but I mean, I, it's it's such an airtight case yeah, on each of these articles. Course, maybe. Yeah. Which might have been done in here, but check this out, all right? Okay. Yep. The colors for New Orleans Mardi Gras are purple, green, and gold. Oh. Holy shit, Kobayashi! Think about it. Whoa. Think, yes. <laughs> Someone get the president on the line. We cracked the that's case. Two of, that's two of the simple. Co- that's, that's two out of three of the simple colors that sort of exist on that thing that is. is uh, <laughs> like, lemons dropping the cup. Oh my god! Amy Lee's nickname was Kaiser Soze. That inspired the Usual Suspects. <laughs> 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 All right, we've gotten this far in the blog, Michael Hutchins and me, uh, and we've forgotten to name drop Michael Hutchins. So oh, you know, I mean, I don't know who's to blame for that, if Amy Lee or it's us. So let's fix that. Uh, nutshell, both of these articles will contain Michael Hutchins in them somewhere. Um, one uh, is about uh, Duran Duran. Uh, the other is about Crunchberries. Would you like to read? You know, it's funny because I'm hungry like the wolf for Crunchberries, so yeah. it's hard to choose. Um, uh-huh. Got to pick. Oh, I'll go with Duran Duran. Duran Duran. All right. Uh, this article is called Strawberries and Cream. God damn it. I'm never going to awesome. learn about crunch berries. <laughs> <laughs> Something right. your parents should have taught you, Bunny Bread. They should have, yeah. but uh. Uh, Tagged as Amy Lee, Duran Duran, in excess, Michael Hutchins, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> All right. Strawberries and Cream. Queen Elizabeth. Spoiler. Exhausted from working on songs one evening, I fell asleep <laughs> only to wake and find John Taylor of Duran Duran lying next to me. A shirtless and smiling Michael was lying across the head of the bed. I remembered meeting John before this and predicting how he would be a teen heartthrob. Duran Duran did take off and told him how my girlfriends were all talking about him. As any 16-year-old girl who might find themselves in my situation, I started giggling. By my situation, you mean waking up from a threesome? Because <laughs> that's how your story started, lady. Someone brought a bowl of strawberries and whipped cream into the room. With an evil smile, I dug my hand into the bowl of cream and with a shake of my hand splattered the entire contents on Michael's chest, the walls, his hair, and on John. Uh. <laughs> so you had a seizure, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I spread the cream out and started drawing and writing in it, focusing on Michael. I think John was a little be- bit bewildered as he kept trying to talk to me. I drew I heart you in the cream, and Michael proudly showed it to John before wiping off and anyone else noticing. I was Ugh. snapped back to reality about the mess we were in when Queen Elizabeth busted through the door and started yelling at Michael. All right, this is just a sitcom now. <laughs> or an SNL skit. 
needs, this needs to be filmed. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, you're always running in here. Hi, yeah, everybody. yeah. Come on, come on, funny or die, guys. Give us some money so we can film this. <laughs> Years later, Michael, distraught by our conversation, sat up in bed and leaned against his fist. In the shadow of the sun streaming through the window and through his arm, I saw the outline of a heart. Having taken photography in high school and having an eye for such things, I made a big deal about it and said he should have a photo made. The result being the melancholy photo of Michael at the top of the page. Good fucking lord! (laughs) My name's Amy Lee, and I designed the Windows logo. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Where'd you get your inspiration? Uh, Is it from... A door? Uh, I had several inspirations, uh, which I'll get to in just a moment. But but anyway, uh, designing the Windows logo. Let me tell you about it. Despite believing that I might be in love with Michael Hutchins, I still dismissed the questions of whether I wanted to marry him. I was still a teen at the time, and I knew Michael was, invo- was involved in helping to keep me quiet. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Like a pillow shut up. over her face. Shut up! <laughs> you did not meet Kirk Cobain. You did not meet Michael Jackson. You shut the fuck up! <laughs> My name's not Michael. <laughs> <clears throat> the later of which broke my heart to know a man I could be in love with would help to hurt me. Tim Ferriss asked me if I wanted to marry Michael. The thought hadn't really crossed my mind at the time, so in reply, I said, our children would probably be funny looking with crazy curly red hair. That's the response of a sane person. <laughs> Will you marry me? <laughs> our children would have curly hair. <laughs> crazy hair. Tim, who had told me that redhead in Aussie slang called blue bluey, told me in Jonathan Swift's Gulliver's Travels, a redhead is called a Yahoo. Oh, here we no, go. Oh, they called you a Yahoo. Yes. All right. Really, Nothing to do with uh, your rev up, right. rev up the crazy cycle. The- rev up the crazy <laughs> cycle. We're about to jump over the Grand Canyon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew about Britney Spears, but fucking Yahoo's serious. Oh, All right. You the big time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Yahoo's serious inspired Yahoo.com, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually we're going to make the connection. I'm sure we are. Swift Did Yahoo inspire Yahoo? Swift writes that, quote, Neither was the hair of this brute a Yahoo of red color, parentheses, which might have been some excuse for an appetite a little irregular, parentheses, but black is a slow. He asked me what I would call our child, and I said, Yahoo Serious. Serious rhymes with Prince's song, Delirious. (laughs) And this is where the Australian actor-comedian Greg Peed's stage name came from. Wait, what? I I don't know. I don't get that one. Just keep nodding. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Give me a dollar, please. <laughs> Michael Hutchins would write in his journal, I'm serious. When he wrote Raise Your Glass, recorded by the artist I named Pink, but apparently I didn't do it with the exclamation point because I thought that was fucking stupid to put an exclamation <laughs> point in your name, uh, wrote Why So Serious. As a teen, I started working on ideas for the World Wide Web with the founders of Apple Computer, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, and later would name and work on ideas for Bill Gates Windows. After Apple computer. I just picture her lying on her bed like a frilly pink diary there. A bunch of like cartoony <laughs> computers drawn, like pointing to each other. What if they connected? Hmm. <laughs> like putting the pencil to her mouth, chewing on the eraser. I wonder Your what that diary would be like. came up with another great idea today. Can't wait to tell Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was- I, like the, I, like the, I just realized something. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with the exact opposite of Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the, the exact perfect opposite. <laughs> right, because, yeah, Johnny Tsunami created nothing and sued for all of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Amy Lee gave all of this stuff out of the goodness of her heart. <laughs> She's just a very giving woman. Well, she didn't even really give a lot of this. She just inspired by association. She never really gave over the rights. She was just there saying something when someone was there. Weird. She's just a muse. <laughs> and also, she helped form Muse. She's a dumb. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I even helped to design the Windows logo. Wozniak explained CERN, parentheses, the brain, and where they were located, and even mentioned Tim Berners, hyphen, quotation mark, Lee, quotation mark. <laughs> so his name is Tim Berners Lee. <laughs> you have to do those finger quotes every time you say his name. You have to. Okay. I, yep, no problem. Okay, good, good. It was my it's not idea because for... we're going to be talking about you know, 
Right, it's not like I'll just completely yeah. diverge from this and talk about some other bullshit that's unrelated. No. <laughs> when does that happen? <laughs> anyway, it was my idea for web addresses and made some suggestions on how it might be utilized. Many years later, while trying to think of new ideas to make the World Wide Web more user-friendly, I had some ideas for search engines and was given the privilege to name one Yahoo! I'm sorry, <laughs> Yahoo! That's hard to do, both exclamation point and finger quotes. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> uh, before she appeared on the show Crossroads with Def Leppard and performed the song I wrote in 1983, a young girl and her mother were brought to meet me. I was given the opportunity to give her a stage name. <laughs> Here is our daughter. <laughs> name her, please. <laughs> uh, and I named her Taylor Swift. The Taylor was named for Elizabeth Taylor, who I met as a teen and Swift for the author Jonathan Swift. Who I also met as this a teen. <laughs> My beautiful time machine. <laughs> also, I wrote the time machine. This would also continue... Con this would also continued a pattern we started with Shania Twain for Mark Twain. <laughs> right. So in the article entitled Designing Windows Logo, this is the subchapter entitled Designing Windows Logo. Oh, oh. finally, Okay. <laughs> This is the part about designing Windows logo where I explain how I designed the Windows logo. With Michael Jackson and a graphics designer. <laughs> that's yeah. how a party gets started. <laughs> I designed the Windows logo. It, of course, started with the idea of a window pane. I remember the conversation with Steve Wozniak about test patterns, which my dad would use while working on televisions. This is when Dad taught me about what he called, quote, pixelization or dot pitch on a screen. I didn't invent those. My dad did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to use primary colors of red, green, and blue, but was left with one window which was empty. <gasps> no. Oh, no. The graphics designer knew about the mixing of pigments or dyes, such as in printing, the primaries normally used are cyan, magenta, and yellow. The yellow was added to the design. That's how oh, that God. yellow got in there. I oh, led dude. I led him to God, a better color called yellow. Crazy. Luckily, Case luckily, cracks. Pearl Jam was listening while I said this. <laughs> Thank you for settling that 10-year bet I had with everyone I ever met about how the yellow got in the Microsoft Windows logo. Oh, God. <laughs> Later on, Coldplay was inspired by my Microsoft Windows logo to come up with their hit song, Yellow. <laughs> While I was saying that, I said, oh, look at the clock. And they said, hey. <laughs> God damn Many it. years later, Bill Gates was asked, to, was, was asked to come see me again. <laughs> hey, Bill Gates, you need to go visit that crazy lady again. <laughs> she just keeps asking for you, Bill. God damn it. She's throwing her feces everywhere. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I sang a song, a new song I had just written, Love the Way You Lie, oh, which would go on to become a duet between Eminem and Rihanna. <laughs> this was see, after you know, Bill Gates was publicly beating me. And then we had a <laughs> yeah. public split, and then we got back together, and then, uh... Well, you know, Bill Gates and Eminem uh, hang out a lot. Was this before or after you got into Linux? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up okay, about um, Linux, dog! <laughs> uh, boots! Hmm? Boots. I uh, worked very hard on this, and I have a choice of pieces made just for you. <laughs> Would you like to read the article on Blackstreet? Or the different article on Black Street. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> different article yeah, on yeah, Black yeah. Street. Uh, the different one, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the article entitled No Diggity. It is a song. Just, guys, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no diggity. <laughs> the whole time you read, I'm gonna go. Mm -hmm. You know, I gotta say, this is a visual. This is a visual thing, so it won't translate to people listening. But I just love every time we open an article. I never, from the title, I can never tell what the picture is going to be. Yeah. Right. This is an Perry article. Como. On, this is an article on Black yeah. Street. So therefore, you're looking at Perry Como. And a Dawson. Uh, by the way, the other article, just in case you were curious, the other article about Black Street is entitled "I Am Kid Rock." <laughs> <laughs> sure, I love the, I love that sure. Black Street song. Of course it is. Right. <laughs> One of the albums in my parents' record collection had been Como's Golden Records. 
Okay. The songs of which would inspire me while writing over the over the years. Mm-hmm. One such songs was the very popular "Hot Diggity Dog Ziggity Boom," <laughs> written by Al Hoffman and Dick Manning. Okay. While working with Michael Jackson, I came up with the song "No Diggity," which sampled Grandma's Hands by R&B hitmaker Bill Withers. One of my favorite songs by Withers was the popular "Use Me." Which I would also use as an inspiration while writing songs. So, so Michael Jackson co-wrote "No Diggity." Yeah, like the uh, way you work it. That ma- no, that, that makes sense. No, I wrote it while I was working with Michael Jackson. Oh, behind his back. Unrelated. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hey, what are you writing over yeah, there? And then I, yeah, and then I named Coolio. <laughs> I named him after the sound a pigeon makes. Nothing, Michael. Go no away. Hey, I, I just want to see what you're writing over there. It looks pretty good. No. <laughs> Hey, come on, come on, we're friends here. Come on, Michael, come over stop here. copying off of me. Oh, God. I saw no. What's the other word there? <laughs> come on. I, I also loved Withers' songs, Ain't No Sunshine and Lean On Me. Great, but sure. We had already named the boy group the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and I decided to name the group Blackstreet. Oh, so Backstreet so. Boys preceded Blackstreet. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. Another argument okay, settled. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yep. That Used checks out. Lyrics. Yep. <laughs> Unless time lyrics, is linear, which... that story checks out perfectly. <laughs> which featured the artists I gave the stage names of Dr. Dre and Queen Penn. Hmm. Queen okay, Penn, so I've heard of, but this Dr. Boys. Dre, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. First Backstreet Boys, then Blackstreet, then Dr. Dre, in that order. Yes. <laughs> okay. You got it. <laughs> Some of my lyrics would be bleeped out in the song. <laughs> <laughs> Not to them being cuss words, but the possibility some might find them offensive. Ah, totally different things. <laughs> this was my decision after talking with Dr. Dre, who questioned my motives. It actually came from my discussions with Michael Jackson, and inspired his smashing the car with offensive words, such as KKK in the music video for Black or White. Okay. There's also a connection with the music video's marionette resembling former Nike spokesp- spokesman Little Penny. <laughs> Um, the artists I work with are not only helping to promote the former Victoria's Secret Tyra Banks used in the Nike commercial, but also professional basketball player Anthony Dion Hardaway. Oh, okay, so they created Little Penny the puppet before they before Anthony Hardaway came about. <laughs> we got this stupid yeah. puppet. I get oh hey, <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, before I came up with the idea of Anthony Hardaway and basketball, I like good. I like the Victoria's Secret Tyra Banks rather than the regular Tyra Banks. That one's a lot fun, more fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a different uh, you know comes in a different box yeah uh, she gets a different gun the accessories it's a different are really model. fun <laughs> exactly uh, hey oh all right oh, <laughs> got to back uh, it up come on Hardaway would be given the nickname Penny which to be used as a character <laughs> name in the film Dirty Dancing <laughs> Penny was not the only not only the name of the girl who invited me to the Def Leppard concert in 1983. But also the name of my first pet. It was a name for being the color of the copper penny. Oh my god. <laughs> I would also make up the song Booty Call, which sampled other songs I loved Atomic Dog, 1982, by George Clinton, and Heartbreaker, 1983, by Zap. Zap. Okay. You know, I just picture her wall being like that, you know, the, the string connecting things yeah. wall in like a beautiful the, mind. The newspaper clippings. Yeah, except instead of regular newspaper clippings, it's things from Teen Beat. <laughs> it's all held up with chewed bubble gum. <laughs> really? I, d- I just like to thank Levin for letting me say hot diggity dog ziggity boom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's why I picked that one, actually. She's actually made a paper wasp nest out of, you know, old old uh, music magazines. She sleeps in it at night. And that paper wasp is <laughs> that paper wasp nest is inside her head now. Mm. Hey, uh, Jimmy Franks. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Jimmy Franks. I meant to say Amy Lee. Um, <laughs> I We're all Amy th- Lee here. I wanted to thank you. We're all Amy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank you as a uh, as a fan of comedy. Uh, I wanted to fa- thank you for uh, inventing so much <laughs> different uh, different comedy, like comedic characters that yes. I enjoy so much. My, my tentacles run deep through all facets of the entertainment <laughs> industry. <laughs> All that tentacle-related comedy that you No, do. I always let say me, that about let you, Let me Jimmy. tell you. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying I always say that about you, Jimmy. Your tentacles run <laughs> deep throughout the entertainment industry. I'd like to take this opportunity to share with you an anecdote about the kids in the hall. Okay. <laughs> After the school holidays, our new high school was finished and we moved in. 
It was 1984, and my 16th birthday was coming up. <laughs> there were some strange men from a strange planet, and they... what? Michael Hutchins was there. Shadowy. Like, At the beginning... Oh, shit. Damn it. <laughs> At the beginning of the school year, I had tapped to take over, passing out the absentee sheets to each of the teachers during my study hall from a friend who made the cheer squad. Okay. I was handing out the absentee sheets when a tornado drill was called. <gasps> While walking between the students lined up against the wall, of course, many were not taking it seriously. Friends of mine started singing the Pure Prairie League song, Amy, to me. <laughs> the one song that I did not write. <laughs> well, no, she didn't write those songs by George Clinton or Bill Withers either. <laughs> she didn't write the Perry Como song. Uh, yeah. yeah. When approached to name a new comedy act, I remember the day my friends sang to me and named them Kids in the Hall. This consisted of comedians Dave Foley, Kevin McDonald, Bruce McCulloch, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. Well, that's the five members, so this story checks out perfectly. Yeah, well, <laughs> she didn't name them all correctly. All adds up. Over the years, many of the stupid things I did while making up songs started appearing in skits on Saturday Night Live. Huh. I talked about stupidly bobbing my head while making up the song All Night Long, which would be recorded by Billy Squire. The Roxbury guys came about after I remarked how inept many of the musicians actually are when it came to females. I mused that if they were not in a band, they wouldn't have a chance in hell of having sex. Michael Hutchins even used a pickup line on me after we met. Of course, picking up females is why many guys do get into bands. Yeah, I, I can imagine Michael Hutchins, even outside of a band, would have a real hard time picking up girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's Much why of he was the so narciss- depressed. Yeah, I mean, you know, skinny, good-looking, like drugs. He really had no in. Yeah. <laughs> Much of the narcissistic behavior of the Roxbury guys came from many years of watching Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. Take there that. were many times he would stare at himself in a mirror and had been known to stare at himself in a poster I had taped onto the back of my bedroom door. So it was a reflective poster? Or I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> only, the po- only the one posted on her bedroom door. Oh. She's just, I'm confused. You were the star. She just there, you were the star. He's just here, there. Hey, this mirror's broken. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> damn it, Joe Elliott. Get out of my bedroom or I'm going to tear that poster down. <laughs> I'm confused. Why would even Joe Elliott want to look at a picture of Joe <laughs> It was Joe who ordered a poster of actor Maxwell Caulfield who appeared in Grease 2 to be taken down and Def Leppard put up in my room. I order you. <laughs> Kirk you Cobain no longer control this the- room. <laughs> Kurt Cobain would take me to the store to purchase the teen magazines where we found many of the posters. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, yeah, wait. So Kurt Cobain would take you to buy the teen magazines? Okay. Oh my god! Hey, Amy, this the, one has the new Bill issue of Tiger Beats out. Isn't he dreamy? <gasps> and then, and then Amy Lee walked up and then looked at the poster and says, "Oh, here they are now, entertainers." And Kurt Cobain was like, "Say, <laughs> <laughs> that gives me an idea." <laughs> this kid's got juice. <laughs> and then I said, rape me. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Joe's jealousy of my feelings for Michael Hutchins, <laughs> he also took out on me and Michael. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, and I discussed okay. how we no, might start coming up with... What are you talking no, about? No, 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 Let's, yeah, no, 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 no. He's flows, doing it right. This flow, he's th- doing it right. No need for a segue. We're good. Mm-hmm. I like that she's, she's broken it up into chapters. So. Okay. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, and I discussed how we might start coming up with ideas for a machine to send documents over a telephone line and eventually with a goal to design a machine that, could, that one could upload pictures of documents onto a computer. Okay. Okay. The Woz asked how he might go about... The Woz asked how he might go about designing the machine. We discussed the design of a copier, and this led into the design of what I call a... Fax machine. <laughs> right, Which so. you think is uploading uh, a picture to a computer. Wait, wait. Th- this is the important thing. This is where the making copies skit came about. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh. <laughs> so the actual copier was a means to an end. <laughs> While you were inventing the copier, you said, one day Rob Schneider will have a career. I got this killer idea for an SNL skit, but we have to invent a piece of technology first. <laughs> okay. Hey, what you doing over there? Teleporting? No, that won't work. Hang on. Um. Rich, making lithographs. Oh, I don't know. Using the ditto machine. No, just Cellular telephones. Uh, maybe later. <laughs> now you know. 
we've you know sort of danced around the subject of uh, Kurt Cobain, but I don't know how the song "Smells Like Teen Spirit" came about yet. <laughs> well, I Jesus. told you earlier. <laughs> we've predicted everything that's happening in this episode. <laughs> uh, boots, boots. Okay, yeah. Smells like teen spirit. In 1978, we moved to Mesquite, Texas, and I attended fifth grade at J.C. Rigel Elementary. My brother attended North Mesquite High, and my mother worked at Texas Inter- Instruments. Just breaking up briefly to say, uh, if you go to thefpl.us, uh, you will see uh, some really great photo. Yeah. Sorry, continue. And then a drawing of that great photo. <laughs> <laughs> Which looks very, very dissimilar. Yeah. Maybe she had some weird surgery since then. Yeah, to straighten out that leg. She was she was known as the flamingo girl up until then. (laughs) To straighten out her legs and unstraighten her shoulders. Yeah, and get bigger eyes. (laughs) Let's talk about this more. All right, all right. My mother enrolled me in piano lessons and in cheerleading for the Pee Wee football team that was once called the Rockets. So in honor of my football team, I wrote the song "Rocket," released on Def Leppard's 1987 (laughs) History album. Okay. Yep. In 1983, I started writing a song called TikTok <laughs> Without C's. Wow, that had to percolate for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You started that piece of shit in 1983? Yeah. She went Wait, through a lot of different name it, like, changes. Did you reference modern shit the whole time? Did you have to keep rewriting it? Well, yeah, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. about Amy Lee. She's able to roll with that. I mean, she woke up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy, but she didn't know what P. Diddy was, but she still <laughs> rolled with it. She still wrote the song. Yeah, that's the thing. She had she wrote that in the song, and then she had to come up with P. Diddy exactly. to make there the song relevant. Oh, so yeah. she sat on that. She was, it's strategy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I sat on that. Amy mm-hmm. Lee's all about timing. On a trip to uh, Madrid, Spain, where I met the girl uh, group Rock Goddess, who was touring with Def Leppard. In a meeting, the lead singer of Rock Goddess, she was picked up on my... What? Oh, sorry. She picked up on my southern accent and told me that Mick Jagger's girlfriend was from the south. (laughs) I pulled Kurt off to the side of the stage and sang to him. Kurt, come here! Instead of just now, the dudes are lining up because they hear we got swagger, Mm -hmm. but we kick them to the curb unless they look like Mick Jagger. It was soon after this that Mick and then his then girlfriend, model Jerry Hall, decided to say Hall attended North Mesquite High School. Okay, okay, my brother's school in Texas, even though she dropped out to start her modeling career. Oh my god, she totally stole the high school from her brother. These first lines of TikTok also inspired In Excess to name their album Kick. (laughs) (laughs) Say it, say it. Oh, come on. She even has it in bold. It's it's obvious. Say it. I would continue to use Kick in lyrics as well. (laughs) (laughs) I would continue using words. Good thing they weren't going to stop me. No, you can only use this word once. Kurt Cobain, who was spending a lot of time in Alabama at this point, <laughs> went not on tour with Def Leppard. Why? When he read about basketball player Charles Barkley, who was attending Auburn University going pro, 1983. Barkley grew up in Leeds, Alabama, and not far from where I grew up in Trustville. He was also born on February 20th, and Kurt Cobain chose Barkley's birthday as his public birthday. <laughs> not his secret birthday that's between him and his god. Yes. <laughs> This is why Barkley would be asked to appear with Nirvana on SNL. <laughs> oh, is that really the so reason? this is what it's yes. like inside of the mind of a schizophrenic. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. In about 1984 and 1885, mm-hmm. Courtney Love died her red... red uh, I'm starting the paragraph over. Yeah. Hey. In about 1984 or 85, Courtney Love dyed her red hair, sorry, her hair red. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with this. Oh, <laughs> red hair trips up boots every time. It's okay. Yeah, I know. And had the picture to the right made with Kurt, along with a girl wearing an Auburn University T-shirt standing next to Kurt. <laughs> it was also. I Charles was there, Barclay's of course. Day. I'm not basing this off the photo to the right. Yeah, it was also Charles Barkley's name who inspired me to name the duo Charles Barkley <sighs> after writing the song "Crazy." Oh God! The duo was composed of the artist Brian Joseph Burton, commonly professionally known as Danger Mouse. And Thomas DiCarlo Calloway, known oh professionally God. with the stage name I gave him of CeeLo Green. <laughs> Auburn <laughs> University has the war cry of War Eagle. 
but their mascot is Obby, and the team is referred to as the Tigers. The nickname which Michael Hutchins first gave me in 1983. I have a but lot were, of nicknames. He called you the Tigers? Yeah. yeah. Hey, the Tigers, bring me a. <laughs> so what are we to now? He gave her breasts. You know, release the Tigers. <laughs> Yeah, and that's where Michael Jackson and I came up with the nickname of Tiger for Eldrick Taunt Woods. So, by now she's he wasn't... Amy, Tommy, Tiger, Gnarls, Barkley, Lee, I think? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Another reason Kurt chose Barkley's birthday is because my mother and grandfather were both born in early March, making them both Pisces. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> it was my mother's birthday on March 4th that Kurt chose as the day of his fake failed suicide attempt in 1994 in Rome. This is why I wrote Eyes Like a Pisces in the lyrics of Heart Shaped Box, recorded by Nirvana before he attempted suicide. Attempted? Uh, attempted to fake suicide is suicide, yeah. It, it, okay. was a, it was a fake suicide attempt. Yeah. Okay. So he ended up blowing his head off by accident. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was fake too. Oh, what a no, that was, mistake. It was, it was fake, but then he accidentally did yeah. it. Right. So it's like a double negative fake failed, so it was... God, forget, yeah. forget yeah. it. I give up. It's like a snake eating its tail. <laughs> anyway, the lyrics, she's overboard and self-assured, was a reference to the cruise on Carnival Cruise Line <laughs> Labor Day weekend, 1983, not, on the Mardi Gras. Which... <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I give... She's over aboard, yeah. I'm Fine. sorry, I forgot I gave up. <laughs> Jesus. In which I stood on the railing at the bow of the ship, and that the crew thought I was about to jump overboard. I'm sure that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They just didn't rescue her. They didn't try had, to. Hey, jump, bitch! Do it! I had talked to all of them about my song lyrics ideas, and for some reason they were chanting for me to jump. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, God, that crazy lady's on the This, of inspired House of Pain now. to write a song Go about... Oh. This was used as the scene in the 97 film Titanic, <laughs> and in the music video for Celebrity Skin that I wrote and recorded by Hole. Good. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I know a dirty word was inspired by the album Class Clown by George Carlin, which my brother had in his record collection. Uh, here we are, no, entertain us. Here we are, no, entertain us. Yep. We are, no. Uh, was a reference to Natalie Wood in the film Gypsy, which she performed the song Let Me Entertain You. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, because it has the word entertain in it. Oh. Okay. And was to draw a connection of me writing the song Gypsy, recorded by Fleetwood with Mac. Double uh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was Andrew Ferris of In Excess and Natalie Wood's names, which Kurt Cobain came up with the stage name of his friend Andrew Wood. Sure, yeah. So he just has a friend and he needed a stage name for him. <laughs> Alright, I know your name, Joe, but I'm going to need to call you Andrew whenever I reference you, which is all the fucking time. Oh. <laughs> and would later go by the stage name of Lane, then Lane Stanley. Oh, I'm sorry. Formerly of Alice in Chains. This is also why Kurt wrote the song Wood, a reference to Natalie and Tiger Woods. <laughs> Sometimes spelled Wood? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Only idiots do it that way. As in, but... why would I do that? <laughs> why would Recorded you do by that? Alice in Chains. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Kurt would also name the studio London Bridge after I wrote the song London Bridge. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was falling down. down <laughs> oh, that would be recorded by the artist I named first. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, the lyrics of Hello, 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 How Low was a reference to me writing the song Hello, recorded by Evanescence. Yeah. Hello, which would be recorded by Flo Rida. Flo Rida. Damn. Finally, a solid connection between Nirvana and Flo Rida. And there we go, around about an hour of the liberal Amy Lee-run media. <laughs> Boots, what'd you learn this week? Uh, we have found the sweetest intersection of narcissism and delusion. Sweet as in, like, rad, or sweet as in adorable? Yes, yeah, as, as, in, as in just, you know, totally wicked awesome. Now, how is that? I, I believe, like, it seems like she's pretty convinced that all this is true. Right? Yeah, I mean, she's updating this daily, so yeah. The world that is inside her mind must be the most amazing place. Like, I'm a little jealous, because I go through, you know, my day-to-day my -day, uh, life with, you know, a, a lot of self-doubt, 
Um, you know, I, I follow a lot of conversations that I have with people with kind of like, you know, self-flagellation and, and why did I say that stupid thing? It must be nice to go through uh, your entire life, like knowing that that you are the epicenter of everyone's cultural experience and that all you need to do is convince them of that so that they'll thank you afterwards. Yeah, well, as far as she knows, she has a lot to be proud of. <laughs> and and good for her, really. <laughs> good for you, Amy Lee, not the singer of Evanescence. Although, <laughs> although maybe, I mean, I'm not sure if she's copped to that one or not. Like, is she actually responsible for Evanescence? It's it's very it's very it's very it's very confusing. But we've got a website, and you should go to it. In fact, we've got two. The first one, t h e f p l dot us. Uh, that's where the podcast lives. You can go there. You can submit stuff like this, uh, or whatever other sort of uh, internet crazy you happen across. Uh, submit that to us because we always are looking for new things to read out loud. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just so you know, the F Plus uh, website was created when Kurt Cobain. Uh, graded Amy Lee's uh, high school geography paper and gave it an F, but then she uh, she argued the point. Well, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Go to ball pit. Bye bye. Listen.